Welcome back to 1876 Sports and Culture Podcast, a show focused on highlighting the illustrious Prairie View A&M University, the HBCU of Texas, by promoting SWAC and the HBCU experience, featuring your fellow PB Panthers, Roland Austin, Jay Cleasy, Big Mike Washington, three-time SWAC champ Gatti Werema, former drum major HBCU band historian Shanetta Haskell, and Al Williams, driving the show from the hill. Please subscribe and follow us on social media at 1876 SCP. And don't forget, we do it for the culture. And welcome to the 1876 Sports and Culture Podcast. We are back for season five. Bruh, five seasons for real? You couldn't have told me, man. That's COVID time. It fly, man. It go by I'm fast. trying to tell you. Nah, yeah, man, we need some five-year armbands or some stuff, man. I'm serious. Right. <clears throat> for real. Yeah. A lot happened in these five seasons. So we got a couple of folks out on assignment. Uh, Shanetta's out on assignment. Uh, Roland's out on assignment. Gatti is over in Africa on assignment. So uh, it's just, it's just it's, yeah, it's me, Jay Cleasy, and Big Mike today. So we're going to hold it down for y'all. Uh, kicking off season five. So we are hot smack in the middle of recruiting season, basketball season, indoor track season. So let's let's get it going, man. First, let's talk about some of these these early signings, man. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, early signing day, for those who don't know and not acquainted, you can sign early now, December the 15th, I think is pretty much the, the date every year. So uh, Prairie View signed and Coach Bubba McDowell signed 10 players during early signing day. Um, a bulk of them were JUCO transfers. We had a couple of high school kids. Uh, I'm just going to focus on covering the guys I think that are going to be immediate impact players because that's what it's all about these days. You need to win now. You ain't got time. Uh, necessarily anymore to develop high school kids so you cannot fill your recruiting class up with high school kids they got to be power five transfers and juco transfers so starting up starting off we got Tavon alexander he's a 6'4 uh, 290 pound uh, junior transferring from kilgore junior college originally from uh, uh alexandria louisiana i know you pb folks ain't happy yeah. about the louisiana con- connection but hey it is what it is I'm we glad we're still getting them. Exactly. <laughs> if you know, you better understand we need them them players from the boot. Uh, we needed this big guy to come in and replace Troy James and Kevin Victorian. Uh, those two guys were the heart and soul of that front seven. And so they're both gone now. So the focus on recruiting has been to find big, talented, athletic guys to replace the ones what we just lost. Um, so uh, I'm ex- anticipating um, Tavon Alexander to come in and be an immediate starter and contributor uh, on that front four. Um, Freddie Bird, a DB, a 6'1", 185 uh, JUCO guy from Pearl River Junior College, Miss the heart of Mississippi. Uh, the Mississippi boys are home. Yeah, Woodville, Mississippi, baby. Woodville. Yeah, Don't represent. Yeah, anytime you can get a six foot one DB, who can run you go get them you figure out where you're mm-hmm. going to put them and play them later on uh but we have holes in the secondary that need to be plugged i anticipate him to be out there roaming the middle of the field at uh, either free or strong safety i suspect 
Um, Joe, another Joe, go, Joe yeah. how, how about the signee we got from Valley, though? I was getting to, I was saving the best for last, Mike. But oh, since my you, bad, my bad. I'm sorry. All up in Mike excited house. already. Man. Yeah. Hey, but since you Mike just up, wanted to say Valley. Valley? We talking Valley? Go ahead. You, you, you talk about that. Caleb Johnson, running back from Mississippi Valley, who ran for what? About 500 yards against PV last year? 50, yeah. 11 yards. <laughs> 500, 500 and some change. We got him to come over. I don't know. I guess once Coach Danzy put in his letter of recommendation to go up to, to freeze his butt off in, in Boulder, um, Caleb Johnson said, hey, man, I need to find a spot uh, that's not going to fall off where I can put up another 500 yards. It just won't be against Prairie View. It will be with PV. So that uh, essentially he came in and he's replacing – um, Jaden Stewart, who's in a yep. transfer portal. I don't know if he's found a home yet or not, but I suspect his goal was to, to try to get picked up by a P5. But Caleb Johnson is coming in to solidify that running game, along with uh, Ahmad Antoine and Connor Wisham, who was a freshman, got a lot of playing time as a freshman last season. Um, you know, PV had a string of big, huge receivers, and we lost them all like in a span of just one year. They all disappeared. Well, uh, they dipped in a portal and went and found another one. Uh, Shamar Savage. He's a 6'3", 215-pound wide receiver from uh, Mount San Antonio uh, College, a JUCO uh, in California. He was originally a two-star recruit in 2018, uh, which was his graduating year from high school. Um, on tape, you can tell he's big. He's huge. He looks like Megatron. He's not necessarily fast. I just see him as a possession receiver. Um, last year he had it wasn't highly productive, um, but you know JUCO has a limited schedule. Um, he had 14 catches for 357 yards. Um, he had a 25 yard per catch average with eight TDs, which tells me you know he can run deep. Um, he will go up and catch it, I'm sure, over anybody. Um, so I anticipate him stepping in at at one of the receiving spots and being an immediate immediate starter. And hopefully his size, he will play up to the size. Uh, which is, I'm sure, why they bought the coaching staff bought him in. Hey, Joe, hold up a second. Real real quick, let me pause for a second. If you look at the entire class, it's deep in three positions. Offensive linemen, running backs, and wide receivers, a few tight ends. What does that tell you that the goal, the objective of, of this recruiting class is? Get big. Thank they you. want to get big. We need and, some and dogs. We need some dogs. Now, I wasn't even – so I, I on my list of most impactful players from the signing class, I didn't even include any of the old linemen because they were two freshmen. Yep. Um, so a fr one of them is a, is a nice get from Cypress, but he's like 220. So he's not going to be an immediate contributor. So I'm not even trying to talk about him right now. We'll talk about him when he puts on about 30 to 50 pounds, um, which, you know, will we, we'll, we'll remain to be seen. He has the frame to do it. Um, but hey man, we're talking about dogs right now when 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 those freshman guys are allowed to get on the field, then we can talk about them. I just don't see them getting on the field anytime soon. Yeah, I um, got you. one another guy, tight end. You know, um this offense tend, offense tends to throw the ball to the tight end, which I really like. We picked up a tight end from uh J Tyler Juco, uh Jalen Robinson, uh 6'3, 240. He can run, uh, he's a good blocker. So I, I see all those guys as immediate impact guys. Now, if you want to talk about some high school guys, one guy, the the probably the the diamond of this entire class is uh, Traylon Porsche. 
Yep. 6'5", 210-pound wide receiver from Beaumont uh, United High School. He's yep. actually going to play football and basketball. Uh, he was a three-star recruit, so by far he is the going to be the, the the top dog of this early signing class. We'll see what happens with the full signing class come February 1st. But Traylon Porsche, I don't know if he's going to step on the field day one, uh, but at that size, I'm sure they're going to try their best to get him on the field uh, and line up just a bunch of just big, tall, power forwards at, at wide receiver. Yeah, Trey Long, he, he caught my attention, but uh, going back to the offensive lineman, you, uh, I think you were talking about Jaheim O'Hara, 6'6", mm-hmm. but 255 pounds. I'm like, man, you need some mashed potatoes, yeah. you need some gravy uh, yeah. or, something, or something like that, but highly recruited as well. So, yeah. uh, so. He, he looks like a power forward. Um, I think he's going to have to put on, what, 30 pounds? Absolutely. On that frame? On that frame? He, yeah, before he can – uh, really contend against SWAC uh, D linemen, especially those boys from Alabama and Mississippi and, and FAMU. And the Florida boys. Yeah. 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 And, and not you to mention, get that weight room, get the bang yeah, and the playing. <laughs> yeah. So, again, I don't anticipate him really being a contributor for another two years. But yeah. One more guy I, I was interested in, uh, Traylon James, a 6'3", 200-pound DB. Uh, he's, a, he's a high school guy from Baton Rouge. Yeah, boot again. Uh, he came from a prep school, so he was under recruited. But uh, at 6'3, 200, if you're able to play DB at that size, you got talent. So yep, I'm curious exactly. to see what he looks like when he gets on the field. But that's early signing day. We got we got the final signing day coming up February 1st. We will be live streaming from that event. I'm excited to see what that recruiting class looks like. I know the emphasis was going to be. Juco transfer, power five guys, portal guys. So we will see if the coaching staff, if Coach uh, Bubba McDowell and and, uh, the coaching staff were able to pull out the big dogs that we need, particularly on the offensive and defensive line. Yeah, and that's key. This is really their first full recruiting season based on when he was named head coach last year. So uh, I'm glad he was able to, you know, pick some off the table here in that early signing signing period because last year, I mean, with the portal being relatively new, if you didn't have them locked in in that early period, all the dogs were gone. Yes, sir. Yeah, they were gone. Absolutely. So. Now, the one, one good thing is this year, it's over 3,000 kids in the portal. Yep. If you can't find no dogs yeah. amongst 3,000 – and remember, we reduced our GPA requirement from 3.0, which is what it was last signing period, to now uh, 2.5 for, for transfers. So. I, I think the portal has created a new position on athletic staffs. you got to hire somebody just to go through the portal with 3,000-plus kids in the portal. And that's just, yeah. bat, that's just football. Yep. Right. Yep. Exactly. And it all, it has also changed the recruiting philosophy of a coaching staff. Like you can't just go in and and have seventy percent of your signing class be high school freshmen. You won't right. win. You'll get your head pounded in. You've got to go in with more philosophy of sixty to seventy percent of your recruiting class will be yeah. JUCO or Power Five transfers, and the rest can be high school guys. Long, um, man, long gone are the days you can grow it all organically. You gotta you gotta go at least 50-50, 60-40 split between mm-hmm. organic high school talent 
and what you get out the portal. Yeah, right. And this so this isn't like the pros where you got the draft and then you got free agency and, you know, everybody has to pick in order in the draft. No, basically these high school kids are going to take what whatever's left. Yeah. And it's unfortunate for them, but you're going to see a lot of D1s or a lot of power fives at just other D1s. You're going to see some D1s at D2s. And yeah. you're going to see some in the NAIA, and they're going to have to develop there and then hit that portal by the time they hit their junior year. So the whole model has changed. So I'm interested to see how this plays out and how this philosophy kind of evolves yeah. uh, season to season. So it'll be I, interesting. I was surprised. And I don't want to start any ruffles, but I in the list that I've seen, I haven't seen in one position, and Joe's smiling. <laughs> I, I, I want to be messy. I'm not trying to be messy, but I haven't seen one QB. Hey, that is a that was a source of contention in comedy during the Christmas break. <laughs> PB alumni basically harassed uh, the coaching staff into offering the quarterback at Westfield High School. <laughs> it was comedy. You had to just watch oh it God. play out on Facebook, bro. It was comedy. Oh uh, God! The kid got a he got an offer from from Jackson State, and they were like, "Well, hell, he good enough to play at Jackson State. Why the hell he ain't good enough to play at PV?" And he down the street and had connections and ties to PV, and wanted to come, had interest in PV, but he got no offer, no no attention at all, and. You know, we do need some depth at quarterback, but um, what people didn't understand was that uh, the coaching staff, uh, Coach Bubba McDowell, the OC, Coach Fredericks, their focus was to bring in a um, a guy with some some time on the on, on the field, uh, a seasoned guy to challenge uh, uh, Conley from day one. They don't need a guy that, that they got to train behind C.J. Dumas. They needed depth, immediate help at the quarterback position to, to contribute in that quarterback room. So um, yeah. the Westfield kid wasn't going to be able to offer that. But they ended up offering him anyway to hush PV alone. <laughs> and of course, quiet offers. Yeah, Here go your little funky offer, man. Here go your little funky offer. He a little ass offer, man. Social media has empowered everybody. See? Now, speaking of social media, uh, we can't ignore the the foolishness that has gone on uh, over in Daytona. Uh, you know, it was announced near the end of the season that uh, Ed Reed was going to be the next head coach at Bethune-Cookman uh, after they had parted ways with their previous coach. And everything was moving a certain way. But then Ed... Jumped out over his skis a little bit, went on IG Live, and I don't know about you, bro, but it might not be a good idea to go on social media and call your new bosses MFs and saying they got a broken mentality and all this stuff before you sign a contract. That might not be the greatest of ideas. <laughs> so nah, uh, I think uh, he, he got it a little bit confused. You know, he thought coming to an HBCU he was moving into a social structure uh, environment. But, bruh, social structure don't happen on social media. We do that behind closed doors. You, yep. I'm sorry. You can, you're not going to come in here talking crazy like that and think you're going to still keep a job. You know, Reggie Theus is the new AD over there, and he ain't going to be too many mofos. Yeah. <laughs> nah, and he showed it. He, he showed exactly. he wasn't going to be but one. 
That's right. <laughs> so I understand now they got a petition going around. The yeah. players have a petition. Go ahead, Mike. You know, yeah. some, you got some background. Uh, players have a petition. I heard there's some stuff working behind the background stuff that that's been shared with me that I really can't share on this show. But some things that are working at higher levels to kind of reverse that. I don't know how much that'll happen. But but the bottom line is that line has been drawn, and right now it ain't gonna be crossed. I don't care how many petitions have been crossed have been signed right now. So uh, this this thing's gonna have to be settled out at a higher level. That, yeah, at the end of the day, they still got a board of directors. And exactly. Last I checked, that's a private school. Yeah. You ain't calling the governor to do nothing at BCU. No, not at <laughs> exactly. all. Exactly. Not at all. And, and I hate it. You know, Ed Reed was definitely going to bring in some some higher level recruits that they normally would not have gotten. Um, but I had it. I had issue with the hiring from day from the start point all the way to now to his debacle. One, you know, you got the you got these guys with guys who went to the U, guys who went to Florida State, wherever. Yeah, they Hall of Famers, but guess what? Massa say you can't get no job on this plantation. I don't care how many W's you helped us win. You better go over there and find a job. We ain't gonna give you one here. And so, you know, they come to their family. They come back home after they done made the massa money to try to get a job here. They get the job and they don't fully educate themselves on what the job is, the history of the HBCUs, the reason why um, there are financial disparities. And, and the reason why Bethune-Cookman doesn't have all the facilities uh, that the U has. And then you get here exactly. and you find out, you find out, you know, the weight room don't look the same and the training facility doesn't look the same. And you go to social media to complain about it. Yeah, how do you go? How's your first stop, IG Live? Come on, bro. Come on, man. Do your homework, son. You a grown man. <laughs> you 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 yeah. forty something. Exactly. Do your homework, man. That's, Do your homework. That ain't gonna fly. I I just have a problem when um, we allow our institutions to become the D League uh, for or stepping stones to some of these yes. other programs. No, baby, we want folks that want to be here. You know, yes. I look at Coach Eddie, Eddie uh, Robinson over at Alabama State. He wants to be there. Uh, Co- Coach McDowell at PV. He's been at PV for 11 years, baby. This is not something new. We didn't just go grab, you know, a former player and, and, and plug and play. He's been here. So we want some guys that have been here, that want to be here, want to develop these young men, uh, and want to develop these programs. So – Miss me with all that celebrity worship and bringing guys in with no experience because they just want to get a look so they can go elsewhere. Beat it. The 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 problem uh, the problem I have is if you read some of the articles in social media, the twist that's put on it yes. it is it makes it look like Bethune is the bad guy. You had this thing well, Edron James was about to bring Shaq. He was about to bring money to it and everything, and and Bethune messed this thing up. You got to do your homework, do your research. Look at what really happened. Why was this decision made? You know, and I'm with you 150%, uh, Joe and, and, and Al, just because you played at the U or just because you played here, don't think you can come here and blast HBCUs without knowing the culture and the history and understanding before you put it on. But I have a problem with a 40-year-old grown-ass man putting it on blast anyway. 
without trying. If you're here to uh, bring change, if you're here to really solve some of the issues, then don't go to social media. Don't do. Don't pull out your best. Uh, 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 whatever, whatever we call Generation X, Generation whatever, and first go to social media. Uh, think before you press send, bruh. Step yes. in the system. You know, learn first, then start speaking out. Use your power if that's what you truly want to do. So that's where I have the problem with. Is now it looks like it's a Bethune problem. It's not a Bethune problem, dude. Do your homework. Exactly. And so, and what he's done now is what what that social media blast has done is people who are not knowledgeable of HBCUs, people who are not knowledgeable of Bethune Cookman, they are taking his word. Exactly. They're taking yeah. prime time's word for it. And now they're running in the opposite direction of that HBCU that they may have considered before. And that's that's mm -hmm. the that is the harm, the major extreme harm that is being done by this foolishness. Yeah, yeah we got a whole lot of HBCU experts that never attended one, never did their homework on one, but they on social media with these Twitter fingers. Yeah, miss me with all of that, man. Miss me with all of that. You going going back to your PWI? Don't come to our homecoming. Uh, don't show up at G Hole. Don't show up at PV. Time. Oh, this is like a family. Uh huh. Miss mm -hmm. me with that, man. Matter of <laughs> fact, hey, and don't come to our grad school either because it's more economical. How about exactly. that? How about exactly. that? When you exactly. got the, the one of the number one data science programs on the planet. All right. All right. We got <laughs> okay. something for you. Anyway, we are gonna move on. So, um, also, you know, North Carolina Central. Having won the Celebration Bowl, they now have shown, uh, so, and we don't see the big blast of this on social media, but the the donations at North Carolina Central, $2 million since Ooh, the yeah. Celebration Bowl. That to, I think that was tomorrow, one month ago. A month. Two mil in a month. Two mil in a month. So what what's this about? We don't give back to our institutions. What? what I don't hear nothing. It's crickets. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Well, here's it the don't fit the narrative. Yeah. Here's, <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. If you go back five years, they they just raised $2 million. Well, in March of 22, they raised $1 million. In, 19, in 2019, they raised $2.2 million during the homecoming. So the Celebration Bowl, while it, it garnered them some, thing, some attention, man, this North Carolina Central team – they doing the damn thing. And so for the last three, four years, they've been building that cash pile up. So look for them to be a powerhouse in a couple of different areas. Yeah, I love it. I'm here for it. And I'm here for all these schools moving up to R2 status. And now we got HBCUs looking to get to R1 status. Let's make it happen, man. I, I'm, I'm here for all of that. Here for all of that. I was I was going to talk about that other situation in Florida, but just talking about them, they ain't doing nothing but giving them play. Man, fuck them. We ain't going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's let's talk some basketball, man. I know Gatti is not here, so I want to talk some basketball. Now, the surprise for me, Mike, is oh, the women yep. are sitting at third place. Yeah, the men are the men are on the bubble. They on the bubble for almost not making the SWAC tournament, but the women sitting in third place. What's really going on? Man, the women have won five of their last six. They went through the West. Like a hot knife through butter, man. They, they, uh, they, uh, you know, after we got all of this, you know, PWI, you know, the FCS, uh, schedule out the way at the beginning of the season, that's another story. The way we do that in basketball, 
especially with HBCU. They they rolled off Southern Mississippi State, Arkansas Pine Bluff, and yes, number one Jackson State. Oh, by the way, there was a little brawl, a little fight at the end of the game during the handshake. I don't know if you caught that, but yeah, don't worry about that. Yeah, there was a little some some. I think more more was made of it than what it was really about. It was competitiveness. They shaked hands. They squashed it. They they uh they they put that one to bed. Then they rolled over Alcorn State. Uh, had a had a loss, three point loss to Alabama State, and uh, now they got uh, Alabama and M. And then on the twenty eighth, Texas Southern. But they are number three. You know who's balling? You want to know who's balling? Uh, for the girls here, I give you, I give you three guesses. No, I'm going to give you three guesses. Her name is Rosenthal. Boy, yep. she, oh my gosh, she is scoring 17 points a game. She's leading the uh, leading the league in uh, field goal attempts. Or she's number two or number three. It fluctuates. So Rosenthal is balling. Uh, so kudos to her. Then they have another uh, uh, player, Miracle Taylor. She's also balling 10 points. She's also averaging about, you know, 10 boyfriend breakups a game. That's that's, that's rebounds, y'all. So, so <laughs> this team, I don't think anybody saw this team coming out the blocks like that. The way they finish, uh, but, they, you know, they put, a, they put a, a hurting on the Jackson State. That's suffocating defense. So, yeah. kudos, kudos to the women this thus far this year. The men, unfortunately – you got oh, hold, hold on. You can't leave off Kennedy Paul too now, bro. Oh you yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Kennedy Paul balling. I'm just saying. Yeah, Kennedy Paul is doing her thing too. So, oh my gosh. So I don't think you had the trifecta expected this year for the women. We knew it. We suspected it. We hoped it. But man, they are they have stepped up to the mic. For you got to remember, they built this team. Coach, Coach built this team uh, basically through recruiting high school players this ain't built off the portal uh most of these girls we've seen since they were freshmen we remember when diana rosenthal came in and got told her she was going to be a dog and yeah. here we go this is how this is what happens yeah diana rosenthal i had a, i've seen her play twice she she is that dog but uh they have some other players you mentioned kennedy paul and uh taylor and they got a couple of other folks stepping up uh, that are in the top ten of statistics, no matter what category. So they are balling. I tell you what, when Coach Pugh is able to start getting some recruits, some size, it's gonna be we're gonna be it's gonna be trouble, man. But we are a really small team, right? Yes. I, like sitting sitting courtside when you see the girls, the ladies up close and personal. If you my height, you show to be playing <laughs> basketball. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, I, I, I can't. I hope um, this season continues to grow and roll, and will help with recruiting and and, and allow Coach Pugh to uh, continue to recruit, recruit some taller players to really get some true size on that team. And and, and it would be wonderful to see this team be able to make some some uh, runs deep in the Southwest uh, but, Conference but, tournament. But that but that just goes to her acumen as a coach. Yep. She's taking an undersized lineup and she's doing this almost midway through the season. You know, come you know, come on with undersized and you're right, I'm short too. I'm a little dude, but you got some ballers. I I saw Diana uh, Rosenthal play and she backs down to no one. Yeah, man. So, they tough. J Jackson State did not see that that L coming at all. No, they, no, 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 they did. No. No, I think that that's that's what made me really start paying attention. I, I saw her come across, 
And, you know, because I get the update. I was wait, is this right? <laughs> Exactly. I had yeah. to look. I had to look two or three times too. I was like, "Oh, what?" I was. I was at the game. I, I walked in around the third quarter of the game and not paying attention. And you know, I'm I'm thinking about the men's game. Um, and we, I look up at the score and I'm like, "Hold up, what's going on?" What, you know, because no one saw that coming. And and FYI, the energy in a baby dome early basketball season has been off the chain. Even with school out, people are making that ride down 290, and it's been off the chain for the women's and the men's team. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, now, what's what's men? going on with the men, man? I, I didn't. I did not have this on my bingo card, man. I didn't have it on mine either. I mean, you. you I mean, you still got you know Will Douglas getting. You know, I think he's third or fourth in the league in the in the conference at 14, 15 points. Of course, you got Jeremiah Gambrell. I think he's he's pulling up twelve points a game, anyway. But I I don't know. I, you know, you got uh, Yahuza Rasas. I think he's the big forward. I believe. Yep, he's the uh, big man. He's the big dude. I think he's making a difference. But you know, you know, they are only two games out of first place. There's still so much parity in the men's league. I, I even though Prairie View is three and four, I'm gonna be real with you that. That three and four could easily flip by next week. Um, they've lost a couple. They've lost the last game overtime to Alcorn. Uh, they, they, you know, their games against other swag players, swag teams have been fairly close. So um, I, I think it goes to show you that, you know, with the, you know, we went into this league saying, look, look at the number of teams that play well against FCS teams. There's a parity. You got two teams that are five and one two teams that are four and two and about three teams that are three and four. That's parity. So I wouldn't say all is hope. All hope is lost. I think Prairie View just has to come to the game each day. I think what, what has gotten them sometimes is uh, turnovers and, and key games. That's kind of hurt them as well. But uh, they, this Prairie View team is not out. They're feisty. And we saw that against Grambling uh, at the start of the year. Yeah, I, I can, I can attest to the turnovers. Uh, I was at that home law, OT loss against Alcorn. They had that game tied up, uh, sold up at the end of regulation. They had two late turnovers, and uh, Alcorn was uh, able to tie that game up and send it to OT. And then once OT hit, they had a they had a jump shooter for Alcorn who just came out on fire and was dropping bombs in OT. And next thing you know, PV was down by 10. But we should have won that game, and it was turnovers yeah. that cost us that game. And then we follow up that up with a loss to Bama State. So, uh, but I, I I will give props to uh, to uh, the big man Rasas. He is the 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 big skilled guy that we need. He can hit it in the paint, and then he can step out and make a three on you as well. And he brings energy. And uh, Gambrell has been the the definite leader of the team. He's been the floor general, uh, playing in my position, playing out of position. I don't think he's a true point guard. I think he's a, a two. But he's forced to play point, and he's done the best that he can uh, in that role. And Will Douglas has shown, you know, hey, why he was uh, at a not at a power five school, but you know, he was transferred from SMU. He's shown you why he was at a, a higher level um, of, of competition before transferring over to to, to, to PV. Yeah. He is that dude. He will put twenty on you. Yeah, he's he. And remember, about a year ago, I said maybe you know, I don't know if it's maybe two years ago. Uh, Will Douglas was a six man coming off the bench. 
he's made his way and now he is that dude. Gam and the thing I would say about Gambrero, one of the one of the one of the knocks against Purview was they needed a scoring guard, somebody to take charge. He was kind of the floor general, the point guard, kind of the the you know dictating, passing off. He's taken over some games and and really taken more of the scoring on this year. That's the biggest change I will say about Gambrell. Yeah, he, he's ha- he has to. Yeah, um, the only scores, in my opinion, that consistent scores are himself, Douglas, and Rosas. Yep. And, and Rosas has started to come on with it, um, but everyone else will will step in sporadically with, with the, the scoring, uh, you know, in around ten to fifteen points. Um, but yeah, Gambrell has to play that scoring point guard role or they just want the offense will not put up the numbers you need to put up to keep in this way. Absolutely. So it is. Well you know we, we got about another month before that SWAC tournament rolls around and we need to put ourselves in that best position uh to to look to take that uh that tournament title man because it's gotten away from us here in the last couple of years. I'm kind of used to wearing those uh you know uh Title hats. I got a collection going, and it's a little dry for the last couple of years. T-shirts, a little dry. Yeah, where them t-shirts at? <laughs> yeah. Hey, we are luck. We're fortunate that TSU is having a rough season. They are. Yes, they, they got are. the talent. Like who? What is going on over there? I don't know. TSU is sitting at two and five. Two, two and five. Two game win streak though, uh, coming in this week, but. Two and five, they are struggling. And we go, we go to their house this Saturday, the twenty eighth, I believe. The twenty eighth, yes, indeed. Yep, so yep. that 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 that, but you know, records go out the book. I'm really looking. What I'm really looking for is the cheerleader battle part two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my God! You got to remind them, Mike. Last year, <laughs> man, the cheerleaders met at half court. Right, and they did a dance off, cheer off, and they were getting attitude with each other. The ref had to stop it, step in, and take them and pull them apart. And then they bought their uh, let me say, dude who's a flipper, and he snaps. So Prairie View got theirs, and he did so many flaps. Well, TSU said we got one of those too, so they bought him out. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, it was tit for tat. Everything you do or got. I got or I can top. But man, and then it got just edgy the whole game. They really took over the second half. And the ref had to really warn them, hey, you need to get you need to get the yoke corner. You need to get the yoke corner. But man, that that was the essence of about an HBCU basketball game. Yeah. I'm, looking, hey. I'm looking for round two. PV4L. <laughs> <laughs> It's the culture, baby. <laughs> oh, yes, <sir>. man. <laughs> so. <sighs> All right. That'll work. Well, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with the We Ready shout-outs. All right. So that's the we got some we ready shout out. So let me just start off. Uh, I want to give a shout out to to my oldest. 
He didn't finish at PV. He started at PV, but he finished up the street at TSU. Uh, shout out to Joseph Williams. If you you seen our intro, you heard that uh, we ready shout out music. He produced all the tracks that we use on this show. So shout out to him. Graduated with a three five coming out to tech coming out of Texas Southern uh, in finance. So 06, young bro. 06 to the young bro. 06 to the young brother. He was ready. He's yeah, ready. He's ready. All right. Anybody else got a shout out? I got a shout out. If you've been to the last couple PV home basketball games, you noticed a completely different atmosphere, uh, particularly with the the intro of the players. Well, we got the light. We got a light show going on. It's like it's like a, a Houston Rockets intro basketball game, and that is all due to uh, DJ Cruise Control, aka Chris Williams. Brother Williams has really stepped up the game. Uh, atmosphere, uh, environment at the basketball games. The players lo- absolutely love it. Like when the players come in for their intro, they looking at like, man, what's, this is nice. You can hear them <laughs> say it, like, this is nice. They really appreciate being treated the way a, a, a D1 uh, athlete should be treated. And, and so they really appreciate it. And if you take a look at the uh, PV Panthers website, the athletic website, it's completely redone. Yep. You yes. can it it's actually functional. Well, yes. Chris Williams also had a hand in restructuring the, the website as well. So um, check out pvpanthers.com if you have not. Uh Chris Williams, he has stepped in as an actually, he's a extern uh with the athletic department. Um, so he's come in, PV alum, coming back to the campus helping bringing his time and his talent chris williams appreciate you bro you ready yes sir you ready yeah you ready baby all right so i got a i got a uh a re-ready shout out so the hbcu campaign fund i don't know if you've seen it on the website or whatever uh they released its annual 10 most dominant hbcu leaders and award class these 10 most dominant hbcu uh, leaders in award class are recognized each year. Well, you know, according to the founder and president, uh, CEO Demetrius Johnson Jr., the sixth selected group of leaders have proven, you know, their responsibilities beyond measure. And I won't get into all of the, the hoopla, but I'd like to recognize uh, this year's honorees, retiring presidents, Dr. Cynthia Warwick, president of Stillman College, and the uh, the one and only Dr. Uh, Ruth J. Simmons, president of Prairie View A&M University, who just recently stepped down. So uh, they've been honored for their trailblazing efforts in education and the support of HBCUs. So let me just say, they ready. They ready. They ready. They ready. All right, Shanetta ain't here, so I'll try and take us out of here. First month for 2023. Let's get it. PV. Do you know? Hey, we all right. We all right. We getting there. Yeah, we getting there. Was was, was Shanetta the key? No, don't say that. Hey, don't tell her that, man. All right, y'all. We out. All right, all right, all right, all right.